Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Something Rhymes with Purple, uh, with me, Susie Dent, uh, sitting opposite in my kitchen, uh, Giles Brandreth, who is smiling at me uh, with a cup of coffee in front of him. A cup of tea, actually. As a cup of tea. I gave up coffee about three years ago because of acid reflux. Oh, lovely. We should start on a rather personal note. <laughs> but I was getting sort of chest pains. Oh, is it a heart attack? It's a heart attack. My wife said, oh, for God's sake. Oh, God. Uh, but I went to the doctor, and it turned out to be acid reflux. Really? I had those things, they put things down your gullet. Endoscopy. You know? Is and that an endoscopy? I think it, or was it the other endoscopy? Col- uh, that's it's a colonoscopy. Anyway, I've had them. You've had everything. I mean, I began to sound like Kenneth Williams. Uh, up here, down there. Anyway, it turned out to be nothing more exciting than Thank goodness. acid reflux. Though acid reflux can be serious, but mine wasn't the serious kind. Good. So, but the guy said, mm, maybe, you know, cut back of the coffee. Okay. So I gave up. You were addicted to coffee. Every time you texted me, you said, I'm sitting in a particular yeah. coffee shop. You Starbucks. were addicted to one. Okay, Starbucks. And, uh, yeah, you, it was, I was. Did you know Starbucks was in Moby Dick, by the way? I did, of course. That's the origin of the that's name. That's the origin of the name. Yeah, yeah, that's where Starbucks comes from. But from this Carrick is relevant, isn't it? Because today we are talking but about But I have to finish. Food. I'm sorry. We'll get on to food in a moment. Just to, because there will be people of, of, who are, who've also got chest pains, upper chest pains, particularly when they lie down and think, oh my God, it's not a heart attack, it's acid reflux. I gave up coffee. Three weeks of withdrawal symptoms. Oh. Terrifying. Terrifying. What happened? Pain, headaches? Headache, migraines, pains yeah. in the leg. I couldn't sleep at night. Uh, and I, I don't wish to use the, well, I have to use the word constipation, the like of which honestly made me realise how awful it must be to be wanting to have a baby, but uh, not being ready to have a baby. It was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible. So I'm never going to drink another cup of coffee again for fear of going back to those withdrawal symptoms. Going back to that constipation. So it's a cup of tea here. Cup of tea. I'm glad to hear it. This has got nothing to do with food, but it reminds me of a time when I couldn't hold it together on countdown. Nobody else found it funny and probably none of our listeners will either. But the word costive came up. C-O-S-T-I-V-E. Yes, for seven. And the dictionary defines it as one, unforthcoming, two, constipated. For some reason, I found that hilarious. And There's a little schoolgirl in you, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, I'm afraid. Giggle, giggle, giggle. Very sniggery. Even Rachel didn't laugh at that one, and she always makes me corpse on the show. Anyway, uh, enough of constipation, because actually we're talking about food today, and I know they're related, but we're going to talk about nice food. I hope we are. Food that has positive effect upon your body, hopefully. What is your favourite meal? Well, I'm veggie, so it would probably be some kind of spicy veggie Sri Lankan curry. 
That would be mine. How about you? My favourite meals are undoubtedly breakfast and afternoon tea. I love breakfast. I love breakfast. I am also now a veggie. And when I need to lose weight, I'm a low-carb veggie. My low-carb rule is no bread, rice, pasta or potatoes. You will lose two pounds a week if you follow that regime. And so during those weeks, my breakfast consists of a chunk of cheese with some marmite on it, Mm. uh, an avocado cut Mm, into little squares. We have to talk about avocados. They're related to testicles. Oh, thank you. Uh, A tomato cut into four. Yes. Uh, Love apples, otherwise known as. a boiled egg um, Mm. cut in half. Okay. So that's, that's what very I, healthy. That's what I would have for bre- and it's Two really things to delicious. pick up there. Yeah. Uh, one is breakfast. We never think about breakfast. It's such an obvious word. It's when we break our fast. Mm. Seems it just wears its heart on the fast speak. of the night, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Well. And avocados I have to mention this. Um, they it may have called- some religious connotation as well because when I was a child and used to go to France yeah. on exchange holidays, we I was brought up as an Anglican, but we went to the Catholic Church because that was the family. On Sunday, you couldn't have breakfast until you had been to mass uh-huh. the children were allowed to have uh cocoa or you know hot milk but the parents didn't have anything uh, and you couldn't have breakfast you couldn't break your fast until you had been to mass so may there be some connotation there that's very interesting quite possibly um, yeah i mean it's very it's very very old um so it might well have be rooted in, in the christian tradition or other religious traditions indeed avocado you mentioned because that's a mangling of an aztec word believe it or not that was picked up by portuguese explorers who couldn't pronounce the aztec word much as i can't it's something like achatl, something like that and to them it sounded like avocado but Actually, that was their word for a solicitor, but that didn't really matter. A solicitor? Oh, yes. avocat, as in Advocado. the French word, a lawyer. Yes. Um, and it slipped into and English that And that comes from advocate, of course, exactly. avocat, All advocate. But they didn't really care. It sounded, you know, meant the same thing. They just thought, well, it's a bit like our Jerusalem artichoke. Uh, nothing to do with Jerusalem. Um, but back to avocados. Um, in, in sort of taking away the Aztec name, we applied a bit of a fig leaf because the name itself means testicle because of the fruit's shape. So when you're eating your half an avocado, you're actually eating a single testicle. Avocado. Figuratively speaking. Avocado means testicle in what language? Well, it goes back to an Aztec word. The the Aztecs called their testicles avocados. Spelt A-C-U-A-H-A-T-L. Ah, so have you pronouncing that? I I don't speak much Aztec, but (laughs) have you seen my avocados in in Aztec means have you seen my avocados? Do you know, watching this program, Naked Attraction, I've seen not again. No, but I'm hooked on it. I'm absolutely. I can tell you're obsessed. No, I'm not. Well, I am a bit obsessed. Um, But the point is, I'd never really seen avocados before. And now it's avocado after avocado or braces of avocados, night after night on this programme. Bizarre. Is this where they they start from the feet and then go yeah. up? Oh, yes. Uh, listeners, if you haven't seen this programme, the reason Please. I'm talking about it is I did Celebrity Gogglebox. Be careful and they, if you do. they showed us um, this programme called Naked Attraction, which obviously I would never have watched at home, wouldn't have dared, but with Sheila Hancock, 87, and me holding hands anything on the... Anything goes. An, anything goes. Uh, and she, <laughs> she... You should have heard Sheila on it. It was absolutely hilarious. So we've learned that about avocado. So what are the words that fascinate <sighs> you to do with food? Okay, well, should we start with breakfast? Please. As we've introduced that. Um, so, coffee, are you a fan of... You I used well, to we be, talked about this. I used to be a coffee... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. You know, put yourself together. I'm Giles Brandreth. <laughs> this is Something Rhymes With Purple. It's a podcast. She's on drugs. 
she is on drugs. This is what has driven <laughs> oh, dear. She's having a bit of a midlife crisis. Yeah. It's too much. Her tour, countdown, it's all overwhelming it her. It's too much. Yeah, uh, she's down taking off her glasses. Because uh, I'm uh, crying. She's actually, she's actually weeping. Okay. What are you going to tell us now? Uh, should we start with breakfast? Let's start with breakfast. Okay. And coffee. I used to love coffee. Yes. You did, didn't you? Uh, so that goes back to an Arabic word. It actually referred to a type of wine um, originally. Um, it came into Europe from Turkish in the early 17th century. And then um, coffee shops were uh, introduced and it became all the rage. Hold on. Um, but obviously came there from lots wine. Of types of coffee. Forgive me, there was a coffee that was... The word coffee comes from Arabia, some, some part of the Middle East. Yes, it's Arabic. It originally referred to a type of wine. How does it get from being a type of wine yeah. to being the drink we know as coffee made from because coffee it's beans? A stimulant, I think, is the idea. Ah. I think that is the so idea. So there was a stimulating wine called coffee. Yeah. And they thought, hey, we've got these beans that if we roast them and put water on them, it's a stimulating drink. It's like coffee, the wine. Oh, it's coffee. And it became called coffee. Mm. And coffee came to... Western Europe and to the British Isles in post-Elizabethan times? I mean, I associate coffee shops with people like Dr. Johnson, which is the exactly. 17th century. Yeah, so we're talking about four centuries, really. Over the last four centuries, um, we've been able to buy our coffee from coffee houses and shops and bars, etc. And what is interesting um, is that the coffee shop became popular. We think of it as a very modern phenomenon. You know, in the part yeah. of West London where I live, there's a sign at the end of my street saying, this is the last, come in here, this is the last coffee shop for 10 metres. There are so many coffee shops. There are. Uh, but coffee shops have been around in metropolitan places for centuries. For a long time. Now, coffee has had, <clears throat> coffee has had its detractors, so not everybody has agreed with this. It was seen as being not quite as bad as gin, um, public vice number one, but there's something that um, stimulated a little bit too far or was simply disgusting. So some of its nicknames you'll find ninny broth, mud and syrup of soot. So some people might actually agree with that. But of course, we need to talk about the different types of um, of things as well. So espresso, famously mispronounced as espresso, um, I think because people think it comes to you quickly or it comes out of the machine quickly. Espresso means pressed because the coffee grounds are pressed. Oh, it doesn't have to do with speed. No, nothing to do with speed. Um, oh, that's good. Espresso yes. is espresso a pressed coffee, yeah. It's a pressed coffee. What's cappuccino? Coffee. Cappuccino goes back to the cappuccino monks, famously, um, because the colour of their robes and their habits were the same as the that of a cup of cappuccino. Very good. Uh, macchiato means stained because there's a tiny, tiny bit of milk. Oh, macchiato is stained. I wouldn't macchiato. If I knew that, I wouldn't have one. A macchiato. Well, you think of immaculate or the macula of your eye. It all goes back to the idea of a single stain. I didn't um, know that. Or immaculate means having no having stain. Having no stain and the yeah. macula is the single spot in your eye, is it? Yes. And um, what about dirty mac? Uh, what is a dirty mac? Well, oh, the dirty mac brigade. <laughs> sorry, dirty. I think that's a new kind of coffee. I've not tried that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, it could be. Actually, I'll have a dirty mac. I'll have a dirty mac. Oh. But what do you think? Do you think they serve you at McDonald's a dirty mac and it's a big mac with an aubergine sticking out? <laughs> yes. Silence was it. deserved for that, I believe, and that is what it got. Uh, so. Croissant? Do you like croissant? I love like a, a croissant. croissant. I try to steer clear of too many of them, though, when I'm on a low-carb diet. Yes. Because they haven't that. got a lot of protein in. So this morning on my way to you, I had a 
croissant, because I know there'll be no food here. I had a <laughs> croissant with cheese and tomato. Oh, that sounds nice. Which was delicious. That sounds very nice. What is the origin of croissant? Uh, croissant simply, as you would guess, from the French crescent, because that is the shape of a croissant. Um, so simple as that. We haven't mentioned cereal. Do you like cereal? Not really. Well, I went through a muesli phase. Yeah, I make my, make my own. Not that anybody really wants to hear about that, but they might want to hear about where cereal comes from because it's, it's really had su- it had such lofty beginnings and it's really been reduced to Cocoa Pops, um, which is a bit of a come down when you realise that cereal goes back to Ceres, the goddess of fertility, um, uh, linked to the spring, etc. And Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, the yes. goddess of spring. Well, yes. And that's when, is it where the crops are coming up? And you can see the, the the barley, the oats are growing. Yes. And that was the lovely goddess series. Yes. It was more, she was a goddess of agriculture and fertility. Oh. So sort of burgeoning growth. So, so, you know, yes, you can see spring there. But she was honoured in May, in fact, at this festival. Um, it was April and May. And it was a seven-day festival in April, um, which there were chariot races, um, you know, sort of amazing sacrifices made as a tribute to her. So if you if you consider that beginning and then go back to cornflakes, it's can you imagine how far we've come? Well, actually, when you're in the mood, cornflakes. Well, that's true. Cornflakes and banana. White sugar, actually a chopped banana and really cold milk. Yeah. Can be quite a taste sensation. That's but true. I haven't had it for years. I love I, I remember those. Go go pops, read all about it. Uh bread. Should we talk about a little bit of bread thing? What's the origin of muesli? The word muesli, where does that come muesli from? Muesli is simply Swiss, um, and it is something I'm going to have to look up, actually. I know it's Swiss. While you're looking it up. I don't know if there was a man called Mr Muesli. I doubt it. There is a, 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 a breakfast food in Switzerland called the Swiss Kiss. Oh, it's a Swiss Miss. Forgive me. It's Swiss <laughs> Miss. It's a Swiss Miss. It's a kind okay. of muesli you can buy called Swiss Miss. Have you, have you been to Switzerland? Um, a long time ago. In your younger snogging days, were you ever the Embraced victim? Embraced by a Swiss miss. Uh, no, not well, anything is possible. No, did you ever enjoy a Swiss kiss? Do you know what a Swiss kiss is? I have no idea. A Swiss kiss, a, you know what a French kiss is? I do. A, a, well, a Swiss kiss is a French kiss through which you yodel. <laughs> it makes a terrible noise and there's a slight aftertaste of Emmental, but I do assure you oh. it's huge fun. <laughs> Let's move quickly on. I have now looked up muesli. Yes. Um, German regional Swiss formulation. It's a diminutive of a regional variant. So this is Swiss dialect. Mousse meaning stew or stewed fruit. Ah. So little stewed fruit. So obviously that was what it was first. Little stewed. So yeah. muesli actually means little stewed fruits. Little stewed fruit. Little stewed muesli. fruit. Um, especially when it's got a umlaut on it. Me being a lover of German, but oh, would that be on the U? Slipped off the now. Muesli, muesli, that because the umlaut, the U M L A U T, are the two little lines that go above certain vowels in German, and they change the pronunciation. They do, muesli. Uh, but we don't tend to keep them in um, muesli. Yeah. Is how it would be, as other, as opposed to muesli. Muesli is yes. with the umlaut. Muesli is without. Might you have a, speaking of German food, might you have a pretzel for breakfast? I love pretzels. Not for breakfast. What is okay. a pretzel? I do know what it is. It's a, it's a salted um, bit of bread, really, that's then um, cooked in the shape of a knot. 
And it goes back to a Latin term, believe it or not, brachiatus, which was kind of cake eaten on monastic days. But it goes back to the Latin for folded arms, because if you look at a pretzel, it looks like yes. a pair of folded arms like that. It's not great. I love that. Oh, but this is the joy. When you next pop a pretzel into your mouth for your small talk, this is why people tune in, I may say so, to something rhymes with purple, because it improves their cocktail chitter chatter no end. <laughs> because what a come hither line. There you are dipping into the pretzels. You catch her eye and you say, did you know that the pretzel originates from the word for folding your arms? Yeah. And what in what language was that? Um, that goes back to Latin. Latin, fact. the yeah. original language of love, madam. Exactly. Um, halibut. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, well, actually, speaking I used to like I used to like a kipper for breakfast. So I've never had a halibut for breakfast, but people no. did use to eat fish. So give they me, did. give me halibut. I was thinking more of the religious connection. Halibut is the holy butt, butt being a type of flatfish, and halli was short for holy. Well, it was a, a sort of that's slight... the origin of the word halibut. Yes, it was a holy fish. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Do you ever have fish for breakfast? Uh, well, you might have kippers, might you? You do. When sometimes. If you go to a grand hotel, and occasionally I go to a grand, we, my wife and I will go for a sort of luxury weekend at a grand hotel, which is a great treat, you know. Well, the theory is a great treat, you know, sitting by the roaring log fire in the afternoon and all that. Um, but you have a nice breakfast, you go down, and you have the works. And the works can include kippers, because you can't do kippers at home because the house then stinks yeah, for true. weeks. Whereas, actually, it annoys me when people have kippers in the restaurant, the next table, not having kippers. So I say, if I've ordered the scrambled egg, oh, I better have the kippers because they're having the kippers because the wafts all the way over. Kippers. What's the origin of kippers? Um, I should have been looking that up. You should. That's why I was waffling on. Story. Um, And then we'll get on to kippers. I have no idea. Or or etymology uncertain. There you go. Hopefully that's why I didn't know. What fascinates me is that there are so many words where it is etymology uncertain. Nobody knows the origin of the word kipper. No. Or why they are kippers. Because it's one fish, isn't it? A kipper. Yeah. Why are they called kippers? I'll, I'll have the kippers. You don't say, I'll have the kipper. In fact, you only want one. Oh, I'd say I'll have kipper. But actually, I don't say it very often because I don't eat kipper anymore. But I think they offer you kippers. I think people refer to it as kippers. Even if it's one? Even if it's just one. Interesting. Um, what about cake? Do you have cake for breakfast? Very, very rarely. Okay, cake for tea then. Should we move on to tea because we'll that's your favourite? We can move on to tea. Yes, let's move on to. Well, you come well, back should to we have lunch. a break? Should we have a break and then do tea after? Let's, yeah, have, let's, let's have some breakfast. Let's have, a, let's have our breakfast break and then have some some tea. What we're promising you now is the origin of cake after the ad break. Well, types of cake particularly. Oh, have some Madeira, and Madeira. We're going to settle the question. Scone or scone? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. 
Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We're back. Susie has been egging me on to talk about things other than breakfast, but I won't because I'm a breakfast person. I might allow us to talk a bit about cake, but I want to keep the other meals for another day. I often have cake for breakfast. Tell me. But I actually, I said egging me on. What's the origin of egging me on? Because I always have eggs for breakfast when I can. Yeah, nothing to do with eggs. Everything to do with the Viking word egian, which meant to incite somebody to do something or to urge somebody on. So egging someone on is urging someone on. Yes, nothing. All to do with the Vikings, not to do with eggs. All, gosh, you live and learn. Then, of course, you die and forget it all. But meanwhile, you feel enriched by it. On to cakes. You have cakes. cake for breakfast. I do, sometimes. And yet you look, Why if not? I may say so, so slim. I shouldn't make personal remarks, but you are looking very slim. Well, as you know, I always try to put weight on. So I know this sounds wonderful to some people, but actually it's really annoying. I can right. look really gaunt if I don't eat. So cake for breakfast is actually quite handy for me. And what are your favourite cakes? Well, it depends. I mean, would you call a pain au raisin a cake? A pain au raisin? I'd call it a kind of pastry or croissant. Oh, right, or, OK. But uh, I, well, I'm not averse to a bit of Victoria sponge. Pain means bread. bread. Mm-hmm. O means That's why we have a panier. And a... <gasps> Let's talk about bread. Companion, somebody with whom you eat your bread. Companion. Yes, Pain is in the middle of it. The word bread... Companion. Food is everywhere. Okay, so a mate was somebody with whom you ate meat. And meat actually once meant all food. So when you talk about one man's meat as another man's poison, that's referring to meat as all food. That was the first Anglo-Saxon meaning of meat, just as deer meant all animals. So before they needed to really differentiate, meat meant everything. So that was... uh, So your mate. Your mate. you're, You're my mate. That means we eat meat together, and meat means everything. So we can yes. be a couple of veggies actually yes. eating meat, yes. and we're we're mates. You're also my companion because we, we break bread together. We break bread together, mm. and the breaking of bread that is religious in origin, is it? Because of the breaking of the bread in the yes, Bible, probably, but it was simply somebody Last Supper and all that who you alongside. Um, who you sat, you sat companionable. Yes. As opposed to a parasite. Parasite uh, from the Greek meaning sitting beside somebody uh, and pinching their food. That was the first first meaning of a parasite was somebody who literally sat beside you at the dinner table and pinched your scram. So you wouldn't do that if you were a companion? Back uh, to, not really. Back to cake. Yes. What is the origin of the word cake before we get on to the specific types? Um, cake itself, not so interesting. It's probably the Old Norse cake. Uh, Kaka, which I know has got other Horrid meaning in French. Kaka yes. was the sort of rude word when I was a child for boo, exactly. boo. Um, but you'll find it in lots of different things. You'll find it in Kuchen, you know, the German... Kuchen for German cooking. Cake. Not linked to the Latin cockere to cook, which is what people used to think. Oh, so um, cake has got nothing to do with cooking? Not, not in that sense, no. It doesn't go back to the Latin for that. Um, oh. Yeah, so... Cake cookies, cookies obviously are cooked. Biscuits means twice cooked in French because uh, it referred to savouries and sweet, savoury and sweet biscuits that were cook cooked twice. is not connected with cake. Cook is connected with biscuits because biscuit is twice cooked in French. Yes. It's subtle stuff, this. What is your favourite cake? My favourite cake uh, is probably the Victoria sponge, named after... Queen Victoria. Of course. Until our present queen, the longest-serving British monarch. And was it made for her, Victoria sponge? Was it made to celebrate one of her...? It was named for her. Apparently she was keen uh, to have a slice with her afternoon cup of tea. She was a great and good woman. You know she smoked the occasional cigarette. Did you ever meet her? (laughs) 
Fun enough, no. <laughs> but I once went to a seance where she appeared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, you can't. What did she say? <laughs> we are not amused. <laughs> she was nothing if not predictable. Queen Victoria. Okay. No, no. Queen Victoria had a cake named in her honour. Yeah. She had a lot of. She had some great chefs who worked for her. And people like Escoffier. It's the same sort of yeah. period, isn't yeah. it? And they created dishes. And the Victoria sponge was named in her honour. And she enjoyed Victoria Apparently sponge. So. I was going to say that she also enjoyed, oddly enough, the occasional cigarette. There's a photograph of Queen Victoria smoking a cigarette on a picnic in Scotland. I think it was to keep off the midges. But she was a woman full of surprises. The Battenberg, where does that come from? The Battenberg. Uh, Invented for the marriage of Louis of Battenberg into the British royal family in the 1880s. In the 1880s. This is the grandfather of the Duke of Edinburgh. I've never really liked a Battenberg cake. It's the one with sort of different colours and it's got marzipan involved, I think. It has. And I'm not a marzipan person, but you'll know the origin of marzipan. This is interesting, all of this, because um, if you listen to the wonderful Wittertainment podcast, they talk a lot about Battenberg cake. Okay, marzipan is either a borrowing from German or a borrowing from Italian. That's helpful. So either marzipan in German or Italian marzipan, eh? Um, and ultimately it goes Marzipan, it does sound city. like the pens is advancing, doesn't it? Marzipan, here they come. Either way, it goes back to the city of Martapan, fame, from Martaban, famous for the glazed jars it exported containing preserves and sweetmeats. Martapan? Very interesting. That's the origin um, of Marzipan. Marmalade has got uh, quite an interesting history because there's a story, apocryphal as it turns out, attached to it, that it, staying with royal connections, that it comes from... A uh, connection with Mary, the Queen of Scots, Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, Marie est malade. She is ill. Um, and the story goes that because she was ill, it was thought that a jar of preserves, um, something sweet might um, restore her to health. In fact, it goes back to Portuguese for quince, because that's what the first marmalades were made out of, marmalada, quince. Well, as we spread the marmalade on our toast, yes, let's raise our glasses to confuse one toast with another. Why is a toast... Called a toast. Is it, it is actually to do with toast, the toast it is. of bread, isn't to it? To do with us? little pieces of spiced bread that were added to rather cheap wine in order to enhance its flavour. And when you toast somebody, the idea is that the company enhances the flavour of the gathering in the same way as the spiced toast enhances the flavour of the drink. Well, the company we keep, and now we know Companion, comes from the people you're happy to break bread with. Uh, We are very happy to keep the company of our listeners, who I'm very pleased to say get in touch on a regular basis, sending in queries. Occasionally, they say nice things about me, but mostly they are asking specific questions of Susie Dent because they know she has all the answers. (laughs) Let me pass this to you. You pick one of the questions out of our lucky dip bag. We have listeners all over the world, by the way. Thank you very much, people from Australia and the United States. I know are tuning in. There's somebody in the in uh, I think Dubai who is listening on top of the Burj Al Arab, which is pretty impressive. I don't know if Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum listens, but I hope he does. Uh, well, as we're talking about uh, food, there's some quite nice things here. It's actually less a question and more a lovely comment. Who's it from? From Nathan in Melbourne. Nathan in Melbourne? Uh, yes, in Melbourne. Uh, it says, here in Australia, it seems we have a special relationship with slang and following are a couple to add to the bags of mystery. Bags of mystery for those uh, who remember were old slang, for, was old slang for sausages. Because sausage. you never knew what was in them. Is a bag of mystery. Bag I of sometimes mystery. have bangers and mash. <gasps> bangers ones. at breakfast. I used to have a veggie ones now, but yes. what's the origin of bangers? Simply because we think they go bang in the pan when they, you know, if they're not pricked, <sighs> then they might pop. 
There's a song in that. Let's go. Bang in the pan. Bang in the pan. If you're not pricked in that. Okay, on and go. Okay, so. It's because we're going to do theatre next week. We Musical theatre, right? A couple we'll of classics that Nathan yes. has sent on. Rat coffin for meat pie. A rat coffin. Bum nuts for eggs. Now, I know in the Marines they call them cackle farts, so that's not too dissimilar. Bum nuts for eggs. That's yes. sla- There's Aussie slang for eggs. Yes. Pass us the bum nuts. Uh, yes. Um, and snot block for a vanilla slice. Love the podcast, by the way, Nathan. Uh, well, thank you. I'm not uh, sure I like many of those. Snot, what's the last one? I'm sorry. Snot block for a vanilla snot slice. Snot block. I have no idea why. Uh, no, because that, no, no, no. Because what happens? Have you ever eaten a vanilla slice? I have. Yeah, it all gets up your nose. Is that creme patissier? Yes, yeah, so you're spooning it up to your face and it all gets stuck in your nose. Uh, I don't know if we've had our commercial break yet, but if, <laughs> if, if Magnum want to advertise, uh, we would welcome them advertising. Because Which one? Which one do you go for? I go for the vegan classic. Ooh. It is a sensation. I have to try this. this you know amazing. where Magnum got the idea for making Magnums? Tom Selleck? No. <laughs> Not bad. Okay. Close. You're warmer than you think. Right. Roger Moore. Oh. Roger Moore as a child used to love chalk ices, as I did. Mm-hmm. And chalk ices used to come in a little silver wrapping. But you, it's quite messy to eat. And so he thought, why aren't they on a stick? Like a lollipop. So he wrote to the ice cream company that made Chalk Ices, saying, when, this is 50 years ago, when he was in The Saint or something, yeah. saying, what about creating an ice cream, uh, you know, a Chalk Ice on a stick? Yeah. And they wrote back saying, excellent idea, Mr. Moore. And that's the origin. the Moors rather than the Magnums, but I guess Magnum makes more sense. Magnum's pretty good, anyway. Oh, of course, there were people, I mean... Some people would eat anything at breakfast. I remember being in uh, Texas once and people were eating steaks for breakfast. Yeah. They were having Bloody Marys. American breakfast, yeah. Steaks, Bloody Marys and smoking cigars. What about that? Cigars. Well, look, we have a question from Chris Harris, dear Susie and Giles. Uh, I recall CSI commenting on how the term close but no cigar came into being. And Chris is absolutely right. It goes back to American fun fairs where the prize, believe it or not, I'm not sure if it was offered to kids, was a cigar quite often. If you hit the target, um, if the, um, what's the thing that, if you hit a hammer, what what shoots up? Uh, what's it called? The, you hit the hammer and a, and a thing like a, goes boing at yes. the top. Yeah. If you hit it hard enough, prize would be a cigar. So if you didn't quite make the target, you were close, but you didn't get a cigar. Oh, so what's it called? What's Close the but no cigar. Close but no cigar. Yes. I love it. It's good, isn't it? I love everything that you know. And I, I, the part of the programme that many people love the most is where we have your trio. And the yes. idea of Something Rhymes With Purple is basically we chit-chat about the language and if you like what we say, you tell your friends. Uh, if you don't, well, there we are, fuck you. Uh, that's the point. And um, Susie always gives us a trio of words Either words that we've not come across before or words that we're very familiar with, like swan song, and gives us the origin, which amazes us. What have you got for us this week? Okay, well, I have pumpernickel. You might possibly like a bit of pumpernickel bread. Oh, I love pumpernickel. Yes. Uh, Actually, it goes back to the German for farting demon, because it's supposed to make you quite windy. I no longer like pumpernickel. I loved pumpernickel until just now. Pumpernickel means yes. farting Pumpen. demon. Pumpen in French is to do a in German. A, a, a German, sorry, to do a bit of a windy pop. Pumpen. We have pump as well, don't we? Let's move swiftly on. No, pump. And where's the nickel? Nickel, yes. Now that means uh, demon um, in German. So the the ore, you know, the ore nickel, um, the sort of silvery 
metal. As in the nickel coin, as it were, which may have some nickel in it. Absolutely right. Um, That was a shortening of uh, kupfer nickel, which was um, the copper-coloured ore from which nickel was first obtained. But also, very often, miners would chance upon um, something that they thought was silver and precious metal, but in fact it turned out to be nickel. And so nickel was the sort of the demon ore that they really didn't want, but that was there in plentiful supply, if that makes any sense at all. Pumpernickel means a farting demon. A farting demon. Yes. Well, that's put us off pumpernickel, but it's put us in a good frame of mind anymore. Um, yes, the next thing, um, the elegant little cake called the Madeleine. The Madeleine. Madeleine. La Madeleine. Really nice. Um, now... Is that the one in the, in the famous, in the Proust novel? À la recherche yes, du temps perdu, and the is. Madeleine brings back memories. You just smell the Madeleine, and all sorts of mem- memories come back. In fact, Madeleine goes back to Mary Magdalene, ah. believe it or not. So it was named in her honour. Now, Mary Magdalene gave us the word maudlin because in pictures and in art, she was she is often portrayed as crying and being quite weak. So maudlin as an M-A-U-D-L-I-N. Yes. Now, in, remember, in there, was, there was confusion between the pronunciations of those because the Oxford College, Magdalene College, is actually pronounced maudlin. Oh, <laughs> persons from Porlock will explain that expression in a the moment. There's a knock at the door. Uh, this podcast is produced. I hate it being produced because it actually ought to just be free-flowing. It means they edit out little bits because apparently there are moments when we get libelous or slanderous. But you must not, not cut this bit out because there's somebody at the door. But oh, she's signing something at the door. Maybe she's ordered a nice little lunch for us because, frankly, I've looked at the fridge. It's empty, empty. The whole place is empty. It's like the Marie Celeste here because she spends all her time up in Manchester making countdown. Just comes home occasionally, opens the fridge, there is some sort of few breakfast things, a bit of pumpernickel, some milk going off. You can hear her in the background chatting to the Deliveroo man. He's coming back in. Who was that, Susie? That was a deliverer. A deliverer? Of school uniform. Of school uniform? Oh, not having one of those parties again, are you? It's so <laughs> passe. Totally 80s, please, honestly. So, right. where were we? We were on the big question... Of the day. Scone or scone? Oh, have we finished what we were last doing? Are yeah, you sure? I think we've okay. heard enough about that. No, no, you had to give us the third of your... Yes. Oh, scone. that is it. It's scone so or scone. We've had... Scone is my... Forgive me. So we've had... Okay. I'll sum up. Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. Madeleine. Madeleine, the French cake. And now scone. Yes. Or is it scone? Exactly. What is the answer? You're going to hate me. Either. 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 It Let's can be either or off. either. It could be either or either? Yes. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary will give you both. It depends where you live. Depends slightly on your class, apparently. Um, but most audiences, and I, you, you will, I asked this in my in my show, uh, do you say scone or scone? And most say scone. I have to say, I say scone. Looking at Gully. Gully says scone. What do you say? I say scone. Okay, well, there you go. But a t- sh- scone to me sounds slightly fussy. But if you look up the origin, it goes back to the German schönbrot, meaning fine bread. Ah, schön. So you could say that scone schön, and schön, schön. Schön. Not, not Also, in Scotland, you might pronounce it scone. I'll have scone? some scones yeah. before I visit the, the scone of scone. Is there something called the stone of scone, isn't there? But there that's is. A different thing. There is a different thing. When both Susie Dent and I have recently been on tour... 
and I'm going back on tour, more of that in Yeah, me too. I'm doing more. Oh, you're doing... They can't get enough of us. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps we can't get enough of I them. I think that's true. It's actually rather sad at our age still to be needing love and approbation, let alone Speak acclamation. Yourself. But we both went to Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury. Which do you think it should be? Can you believe that I talk about words in my tour and not one person said, how do you pronounce Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? Yeah, which is the correct one? It can be either, right? It can in a way be. They don't they? They do. There is a river near there known as the Shrew. Okay. So maybe it is Shrewsbury. Mm. And essentially what people seem to do is the people who live in the town only call it Shrewsbury. Mm. The people who have children at the boys' public school, which may now take girls, call it Shrewsbury. So there is a kind of class Class thing in there. Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury. The people in the street call it Shrewsbury without the R. Did so, you know, by the by the way, this is apropos of nothing, that if you are shrewd, you are like a shrew. If you're a shrew. forget the fact that shrew is in shrewd. Because the small mammal with a long pointy yeah. snout and the tiny eyes is, has the look of someone who is quite sort of observant and pernickety and wise. So if you're shrewd, it's because you look like a shrew. A shrew. Well, yes. That well, was the original. An incidental extra. By yes. the way, final thing on scone before we say goodbye. Yes. People take a break and have their tea. Uh, or indeed their midnight scone, whatever time they happen to be listening to this. Uh, I hope your mouth is watering. The great debate, jam or cream first on your scone? For me, because my father lives in Devon, it's got to be jam first. I thought that was Cornwall. No, I think that's Devon. (laughs) I think that's Cornwall. (laughs) Well, Dawn French, I hope she's listening. She will tell us. She's a complete obsessive about this. I say it's cream first and jam on top because the cream is the equivalent of butter. You're right. In Devon, typically spread the Clossy Cream first. Well, I'm afraid I'm with Cornwall then. Yeah, you're with Cornwall. She doesn't know anything. She comes on this. I know know, I like scones. It shows you how bluff and bluster can get you a long way in life. (laughs) How many years have you been in Dictionary Corner? I'm a bloviator. A blob, what does that mean? That can be my extra for the trio of words. A bloviator is somebody full of inflated and empty rhetoric. A blower of hot air. That's me. Thank you. That's Susie Dent. I don't recognise that description when it comes to me at all. I'm Giles Brandreth. Look, if you enjoyed the podcast today, review us, if you would. Rate us. Help spread the word. And then we can go on chatting to you. If you want to tweet us or email us at purple at somethingelse.com. Do you know what? The Queen likes jam first. The Queen likes jam first. On that note. If it's good enough for the Queen, it's good enough for us. Something Rhymes with Purple is a Something Else production. It was produced, sort of, by Paul Smith, with additional production from Lawrence Bassett, Steve Ackerman and Gully.